Hi, and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ with Come Follow Me study session. Uh, I'm your host, Matthew Roberts, as always, and we are studying February the 24th to March the 1st, 2nd Nephi, chapters 26 to 30, a marvellous work and a wonder. And we are now looking at the section entitled 2nd Nephi 28, Satan Seeks to Deceive. Now, this chapter is full of warnings and prophecies about the last days and how Satan uh, will work amongst the children of men uh, to try and lead them astray in whatever way that he can. I'm actually going to share a know why from Book of Mormon Central, number 55. How does the devil lead us astray? Uh, it talks about how the importance of knowing how we know the methods of Satan and that there are multi multiple ways how he he tries to lead us astray. Um, there's a number of uh, discussions and um, things pointed out in Second Nephi, and in fact, uh, Miriam Horwinkle uh, identified that within Second Nephi twenty eight verses three to thirty, there was forty eight uh, strategies uh, mentioned in these uh, in these verses which is loads. So we're not going to get through all, all of them uh, in today's study session. Uh, but I do encourage you just to kind of have a look through yourself and really deeply study this chapter 28 and and, and identify the ways that in which you perhaps uh, are being influenced or trying, trying to be led away uh, by, by Satan. Um, in the know why, it says this, quote, Anyone familiar with sporting competitions understands the importance of knowing the tactics and tendencies of your opponent. If we are not aware of Satan's strategies and do not remain vigilant in our efforts to resist his temptations, then it will be easier for him to pacify and lull us away into carnal security. He will be able to lead us with a small rope by the neck with a flaxen cord until he bind us, us with his strong cords forever. Close quote. Um... So it's important that we know about these these strategies. And in fact, uh, in uh, the Scripture Plus app, it has little, little titles for different parts of the Book of Mormon, not just the chapters, but within the chapters, if there's like another section that begins. For example, in uh, in First Nephi, where we had the story of finding the Leahona and the story of the bow, there was little headings for each bit. Uh, the heading for this section was called uh, the, play, the, the Devil's Playbook or Playbook of the Devil or something like that. And so knowing his strategy is really important for us to be able to uh, withstand that. For example, I'll just share a few examples uh, in this episode. In 2 Nephi 28.6, it says, Behold, hearken ye unto my precept. If they shall say there is a miracle wrought by the hand of the Lord, believe it not. For this day he is not a God of miracles. He hath done his work. That is a clear uh, example of how a way that in today's world uh, we find Satan trying to just, just deceive uh, the, the hearts and souls of, of mankind is by saying that this day is different to that day. Even if people believe in Christ and believe in God, you know, they say that today is not a day of miracles. He's done his work. It's all in the Bible. The Bible is closed. And so we need to learn from it from there rather than have that connection with the, with the Lord today. See those miracles and see with our faith the great blessings that can come in today through our work and through the lives of of others because of because of him uh, and so that is a big 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 uh deception which i think is is prevalent not just in others in other churches who believe in christ but in our church as well you know a lot of us lose that faith that miracles can be wrought today 
second uh, Nephi chapter 28 verse 7 uh, says this yea and there shall be many which shall say eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we die and it shall be well with us Carlos E. Assay said this, quote, Those who believe that the grave is man's final destiny live without hope of a better world and are inclined to embrace that fatalistic approach, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. This approach often leads to wanton experimentation, immoral conduct, and all the other behaviors that reap misery and remorse of conscience. Whereas those who believe in a life after death are much more inclined to lead purposeful lives. Believe in a resurrection. Belief in a resurrection and related truths encourages one to obey the commandments, repent of sins, serve others, and do other things that bring joy and happiness both here and hereafter. It seems, therefore, most appropriate that we address the real issue: Shall I live again? Close quote. That is a big one. Again, you know, a lot of people believe you know that's it when we die, and so therefore their their attitude to life and the way they live their life is very different to those that don't believe that. Uh, we then read in verse 8 that, that famous phrase, eat, drink, and be merry, nevertheless fear God. Uh, he will justify in committing a little sin, yea, lie a little, take advantage of one because of his words, and so on. Uh, Richard L. Evans gave this, and again, I think, you know, when we sit back and we think about these strategies that Satan uses, a lot of them apply to not just people outside of the church, but within the church as well, which is why we need to really uh, be aware of these. Richard L. Evans said this, quote, When the evil of an un unrestrained indulgence is under attack, there will be a plea for moderation for half-steps, as if to say that little of something that isn't quite right is all right. To quote some words from Nephi, There shall also be many which shall say, There is no harm in this. This is an error. If it isn't good, let it alone. If it isn't right, avoid it. Not almost, but altogether. Close quote. Um, I mean, I, I am not perfect and I, you know, make many mistakes. And so I will gladly accept that I am in this category a number of times in my life. And that's why we all need to repent. We all need to go to church, partake of that sacrament and try and change, repent daily. Uh, I just, you know, there are a number of instances where perhaps there is something in the media that we are watch, that we watch and we say, oh, you know, it's only little bits or we avoid that little bit of it. So the rest of it's okay. And as Elder Evans, Elder Evans in this uh, in this case states, you know, just leave it alone, just move away from it. Find something that's going to uplift and edify your life, rather than just have a little bit of impact on you spiritually. Uh, you know, it is it is not worth your spiritual um, progression and uh, standing to be able to you know lose that. Second um, Nephi twenty eight twenty, um, we also see kind of what might happen if we uh, try to react to some of these things in a certain way. 2 Nephi 28, 20 says, For behold, at that day shall he rage in the hearts of the children of men and stir them up to anger against that, that which is good. We certainly see that happening more and more often with certain immoral uh, beliefs uh, or moral questions of morality, which uh, a number of people today think differently to the standards of the church. Uh, Elder Neil A. Maxwell said this, Therefore, brothers and sisters, quiet goodness must persevere, even when, as prophesied, a few actually rage in their anger against that which is good. Likewise, the arrogance of critics must be met by meekness and articulateness of believers. If sometimes ringed by resentment, we must still reach out, especially for those whose hands hang down. If our shortcomings as a people are occasionally highlighted, then let us strive to do better. Close quote. We must act in meekness. 
and with love because it's then that the spirit will be with us more fully and we can then really be guided by the spirits rather than react in a, a similar fashion and have that spirit of contention. We need to be speak, seeking to create those connections with those even that are critics or who actually rage against the beliefs that we have and in, maybe in some cases rage against us. If we have that love and try and build that connection, then that is going to invite the spirit much more if we meet them with the spirit of contention. Um, in verse 20, uh, yeah, that's, uh, verse 21 and 22, again, I mean, there's so much here and I'm not going to get to talk about it all completely. Uh, but yeah, uh, carnal security, all is well in Zion, flatters, flatters them away. So many things here which we need to be aware of. Uh, Dennis L. Largy said this, quote, first he pacifies, which means he appeases or placates or placates. Second, he cheats, swindles, misleads, fools, or practices fraud upon, which means he deceives by trickery. Third, he flatters, which means he compliments excessively and insincerely, especially to win favour. Fourth, he leads the way by going in advance, by conducting, escorting, or directing, by causing one to follow a certain course of action or line of thought. Satan thus customises his dishonesty according to the susceptibility of his targets. His favourite approach is whatever works. Close quote. Um, this whole all is well in Zion uh, approach is uh, something that was uh, explained to me recently. There's uh, something called the screw tape letters. And actually, uh, I, was, I first heard about it from, uh, from someone that I work with uh, in my calling at church. But also, uh, it was discussed on the Don't Miss This podcast, I believe, or another similar podcast. Or was it Meridian Magazine? I can't remember. Uh, but... Um, this they talk about how screw tape is a devil basically and he has these different methods and in one situation uh you know his his kind of his followers are suggesting ideas to him and the final suggestion which he says that will work that's brilliant is the one where they say okay we'll tell him it's all true we'll let they'll let them we'll let them accept that there is god and that, that this is all true but what we'll do is we'll tell them there's no urgency uh, and I think that is exactly what relates to verse 21 with the all is well in Zion phrase. Um, and it does, again, have an impact. Finally, I want to share verse 29, which says, Woe be unto him that, that shall say, We have received the word of God, and we need no more of the word of God, for we have enough. And this segues quite nicely into what we'll study tomorrow, or even the next day. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow, because we're going to talk about how God continues to give revelation this is something which Satan does not want us to know because he does not want us to have that connection with our Heavenly Father to build and to be strengthened and receive the Spirit by him. And I know that as we receive that Spirit and as we seek to identify and see transparently the, the methods of Satan in our lives and then pray to the Lord so that we can then return back to him and have that Spirit to guide us and give us that peace and comfort, then we will be safe. We will be saved in this life because this life is just as important as the life to come, if not even more so, to prepare us for that time. I hope you've enjoyed the study. Please share what you've been studying at Matt S. Roberts 90 on Twitter. Uh, you can email ldsstudysession at gmail.com to share any feedback or study items that you've studied. Or, of course, you can join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ, um, with, with Come Follow Me Study Session, and you'll be able to see many things that we share on there and have been discussing so far. Thank you for your time for listening, and until we meet again.